0: Everybody, welcome to episode forty-three of the Book Cougars, two middle-aged women on the hunt for a good read. I'm Emily, and I'm Chris, and here we are again. I think <laughs> we've had two nor'easters since we yeah. met last, but it's a, actually a beautiful spring day here.
1: Feeling like yeah, feeling yeah. like springish,
0: springish, yeah. spring is in the air, as spring they say. The and um, I wanted to just mention one thing before we we jump into our regular segments. The This is crazy, I have to say, that a year has gone by, because I feel like we were just talking about this prize, like, a month ago, (laughs) but um, there's a a local-ish prize, I guess it's local, in New Haven, um, the Wyndham Campbell Prize is awarded every year, and it's um, to call attention to literary achievement and provide writers with the opportunity to just focus on their work, and so unbeknownst to these writers, they get a phone call that they've won $165,000, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah. And they they also don't just award for, you know, like fiction and nonfiction. They give drama and poetry and things like that. So I'm going to just briefly read the list of authors and then we'll put a link in the show notes so you can actually dig deeper and see what their books are and all of that. So Sarah Bakewell... From the UK, one for nonfiction. Lorna Goodison from Canada slash Jamaica, one for poetry. Lucas Hnath from the United States, one for drama. Kathy Park Hong from the United States, one for poetry. John Keane from the United States, one for fiction. Olivia Lang from the UK, one for nonfiction. Jennifer Nansub. Nansubuga Makumbi from Uganda, UK, one for fiction. And Suzanne Laurie Parks from the United States, one for drama.
1: Fantastic. I think
0: I think maybe I've heard of Sarah Bakewell, but other than that, I've not heard of any
1: of them. Have yeah. you? No, I, I don't think I have either. Yeah. yeah it's very so cool. One of those things, sometimes if you see the cover of their book, you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I remember yeah. that. So yeah. That's fa- fabulous.
0: Yeah, and hopefully they have a whole slew of... There's an actual festival weekend, and we went to one event last year. Hopefully, we'll get to something, but yeah. I haven't had a chance to look at the the schedule yet. Mm-hmm. So.
1: Yeah, this year I'd like to. I think last year we kind of found out about it a little bit late, mm-hmm. but it was great to to be able to go and catch one panel at least.
0: Right. Yeah. And another chance to see our beloved Minjin Lee. Yes.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll be back again. We yeah. Can have her back to do another. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. So. Currently reading.
0: Currently reading. I have one book that I'm reading. It's called Big Love, The Power of Living with a Wide Open Heart by Scott Stable. I'm actually pretty close to being finished. I think I have like one or two chapters, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a nonfiction, and um I'll talk more about it on the next episode. Excellent. What cool.
1: about you? Well, I am still currently reading the Chicago poems of Sandberg doing that daily poetry mm-hmm. thing, daily poem. Um, then the Collected Letters of Willa Cather. I, I have about 100 pages to go. Wow. It's about 670-something pages, so um, I'm nearing the end. I'm in 1939, and Cather dies in 1947, so oh, okay. uh, nearing the end with that. Uh, but then I'm reading, the novel I'm reading is The Broken Girls um, by... Simone St. James, and this is a book I was so excited uh, to get an advanced reader copy of because I've heard great things about it, and it's really good. I was hoping to be able to finish it. You're pretty close. I can night. see your bookmark. Well, yeah, this, well, that's just actually Oh, stuff. that's not your bookmark. I think okay. I have, I think I just have like, well, I have a hundred pages, over a little okay. bit over a hundred pages, so I'm looking forward to finishing this tonight, but it's a, a story set... In part in the 1950s at a girls' boarding school in Vermont. And then it jumps uh, to uh, 2014, current day. And the current day is a a woman reporter, writer, journalist, I should say. She's not really... Yeah, she's kind of a reporter. She's working for a a magazine. Uh, Her dad's a famous journalist from the Vietnam era. But she's dating a cop, which, as I... You know, I just read the the Echo Killing. Oh, right. You know, that one by uh, Christy Doherty? And that was also a reporter and a cop. Right. And, you know, how they supposedly don't mix. Um, so it's <laughs> or kinda, do. Yeah, <laughs> or do, exactly. <laughs> so it's kind of fun to, you know, I love it when you have, I mean, any book you read probably, two books in a row, you can find some kind of similarities. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes not. But I was really struck by reading this book. So The Broken Girls mentions an echo in relation to something that is happening. And I just read the echo killing. And then um, I was reading, you know, Willa Cather's letters. And at one point in this novel, The Broken Girls, one of the characters says to the other one, you could be published. Then you wouldn't have to get married. And this is something that one of the girls in the 1950s says to her roommate. And then I'm reading Cather's letters. And she wrote to her, one of her nieces, and this is in 1939. After her, her one, her best friend, um, and a really important person in her life, uh, Isabel died, and then her favorite brother died, like within I think three months mm. of each other. So it was pretty devastating. But she writes to her niece that Isabel and Roscoe, her father, were the only two who really understood her writing and who really kind of encouraged her to write when she was just starting. That there was a purpose to it more than, quote, it merely being an excuse for not getting married. Oh, And I just thought that is so fascinating, like, yeah. writing that to her niece. Um, so just to have those kind of, that can't even call it cross-pollination, but just <laughs> those coincidences yeah. Yeah. in your reading life, I always enjoy that. Oh, that's really cool. So, wow. yeah. So the Broken Girls, and I should note, too, on my blog, Wild Moo Books, I'll be give, doing a giveaway For the Broken Girls. Oh, after you read it? After, yeah. So my review, because I told the publisher I'd review it, and my review date is March 20th. That's the same day the book comes out. So on my blog that day, you could read my review and also then enter to win the giveaway for the book. And that is for U.S. residents only this time cool. around so sorry international listeners so check it out yeah it's a, good, it's a good read so
0: we'll put i guess we won't be able to put the link to the review but we'll remind you of the wild new books and then maybe on social media do the shout out about the giveaway
1: when sure. the 20th comes Absolutely. does that make sense? yeah when is well the, the 20th? 20th is tuesday oh so no it is never mind <laughs> so there will yeah. be a review so we could okay. uh i'll send you the link okay hopefully monday night perfect perfect <laughs> gosh we've got a lot to do get busy <laughs> So the
0: other thing I've been currently reading, and I think we'll be currently reading the entire year, is this book, Cooking for Jeffrey, by Ina Garten. I love this book so much, and I had it out from the library, and I renewed it like three times, and I also, sorry library, I kind of melted the plastic (laughs) cover on the top, because I put it on top of my stove when there was still a hot surface. Um, So finally, for Valentine's Day, Jim presented me with a copy of it, he was like, I think... I think you should have your own, or maybe you should give this copy to the library and keep the one that you've stained and melted. But um, (laughs) anyway, I wanted to let you guys know about this recipe, um, well, really every recipe, but I made this um, pasta fagioli recipe, which is a very classic Italian soup. And, you know, we're in winter here. I know some of you listeners are in sunny, warm places, but this soup was perfect for winter. And it also, her her my only complaint, and it's not really a big complaint, but her recipes are large. You know, it makes a large quantity of food. Mm-hmm. So... Sometimes I do actually have things, but with soup, you know, you can always freeze it. So that's what I did. I froze it in little containers, and it's been great to pull out. It's fantastic. Yeah. I made some changes, though. So what I'm going to do is put a link to the recipe, because it is available online okay. um, in the show notes. But then I'll also just put a little note about the few changes that I made to the recipe. Very
1: nice. So,
0: so Cooking for Jeffrey with Ina Garten. And I also wanted to give a shout-out to our friend Ryan, who's the one that I found out about this book through him and he has a great I guess it's a blog. I mean, he calls it this charming rant and it's a newsletter mm-hmm. really so you can subscribe and get his newsletter, but it's also available online. So I don't know, that's probably not really blogging, but I,
1: you know, people call like Instagram microblogging. Okay. A Twitter microblogging too. Okay. I mean, Twitter is like micro microblogging, but okay. yeah. Yeah, then yeah. he's definitely
0: I would call him a blogger. Ryan, if you object to that, please let me know. <laughs> and he's been doing he's doing all sorts of cool things with his blog but one of the things he's doing is a book and a cocktail.
1: Yes. So I that's forgot a cool to feature. mention that yeah. because
0: he did our Morris read along and he created a Morris cocktail. So I will put a link in the show notes to it because it was fantastic. And he takes beautiful pictures too. So he takes a picture of the book and the cocktail that yeah, he's created. That's awesome.
1: So, we'll totally yeah. like share that on our social media sites too because that's yeah. really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's just and he's he takes beautiful pictures. He's a great writer because he used to be a lawyer. <laughs> and you know how I feel about lawyers and their writing. So <laughs> so thank you Ryan because I'm getting endless pleasure out of this cookbook and your writing and posting on all versions of social media. Because oh he also has on Instagram my books, my shelves, yeah. I think, or I, something. My period books my period my shelves or I don't yeah. know. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay.
1: Cool. <laughs> so what have you just read? Just well, I finished Tangerine by oh, Christine yeah. Mangan. Did I talk? I talked about this one last mm-hmm. time. Um and it's really a good book. Mm-hmm. I have to say it's one of those books that I when I was reading it, I was thinking like this is really good (laughs) and then I was thinking this is stupid and then I'm thinking am I stupid like am I not getting something because it's a psychological thriller suspense type novel it's set in 1950s Tangier Hmm. hence Tangerine Uh, and it's about a woman primarily who was in a Vermont (laughs) college right another connection between the books I've been reading Um, So she had this roommate in college, and a tragedy happened. And she leaves. She goes back to England, where she's from, and quickly marries this man who's a friend of her aunt's. A son of an aunt's friend. That makes sense, right? Am I saying that right? Okay, that sounds convoluted. Anyway, and they go to Tangiers, uh, where I think he's a government employee. You don't really know. And all of a sudden, the old roommate shows up. Mm. and it takes off from there so there's a lot of uh, not really cloak and dagger but you know it is uh, Joyce Carol Oates nailed that description on the head you know her blurb Mm -hmm. where she talks about it being like Patricia Highsmith and um, Donna Tartt getting together to write a screenplay for Hitchcock that's totally there so good and a little Sarah Waters too Mm. I I was picking up Sarah Waters and some Charles Dickens as I was reading really a good read and I I finished it and I thought huh and then like a half hour later, I was like, oh, like, yeah, so like, yeah. like
0: <laughs>
1: you I know, I wish you guys
0: could have seen Chris's face. <laughs> yeah. So it's one of those Like books a light that, bulb later. Totally, yeah. oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So
1: it's a really, it's a good read and I totally recommend it. That's uh, Tangerine by Christine Mangan. And I, I did review that for Criminal Element as well. And we'll put that link eventually somewhere in the show it, notes. Is the book out? out. You, you know what? I think it, it just came out. Okay. It came out the 13th. What is today? Oh, yeah. yeah, today's the 16th. So, yeah, okay. I believe it came out the 13th. So that is out there. Great. And if you're into that kind of suspense where it's it's a slow, slow roll, yeah. <laughs> I guess, um, and you don't really know what's going on, what I totally recommend that. I can see how it wouldn't appeal to some people who like maybe the action-packed, plot-driven mm-hmm. type uh, book. I, I, um, Somebody had mentioned it as like character development. There's a lot of character development. I mm. didn't even see that. Mm. I didn't mm. see character development happening. Mm. These were people in time moving around each other yeah. like chess pieces. Oh, okay. Kind of, okay. I think. Yeah. So, good book. Cool. Yeah. Tangerine by Christine Mangan. And it's her first novel. Oh, good
0: for her. So, her yeah. debut. I love debuts. Yeah. Well, I finished The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas. Um, I, this is a good book. Yeah. I think it's kind of a must read for people. It's a YA novel, so it was also really fast. I mean, it's it's not slim. It was, I think, 500 pages, oh. 450 pages. But I read it really quickly. Um, I think you said this is the Rhode Island big read or yeah, one we're, read? we're going to see her. Right. Yeah. We're going to go see her at... Mystic or Savoy, I can't remember, I'm sorry. Those are both owned by the same people. So when we say that, we're not being like, you know, what do you call it? Um, Flip. Flip, flip yeah. Yeah. But their calendars are kind of combined, and so sometimes I get confused. But anyway, the main character is Star Carter. She's a high school student. She lives in the ghetto, but she goes to school in a very privileged white neighborhood. And the premise of the book is really about police brutality and, and, um, police shooting of black youth, Mm -hmm. which, you know, there's been a slew of those, you know, in our country, as you know, and it's not, you know, I was talking to my daughter, Rachel about it, who's a school social worker. And I, the first time we went to the Westerly, um, RJ's bookstore, this is the book I bought and I Mm -hmm. sent it to her. And, um, when I was talking to her about it, she said she really liked it. She said, it's very predictable, which I think is true but I think is really unimportant to the story. Mm -hmm. What's important is that I feel like this story really hasn't been told in a book that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. And what was so great about the way the perspective of it is that it's told from, from this young woman's point of view and she has seen two of her best friends murdered. And, um, one of the murders was by violence in her neighborhood and the other was being killed by a police officer. Mm -hmm. So it's told from very interesting perspective in that way, but then there's also this perspective of her stepping in and out of two different walks of life where she's living. <laughs> Excuse me, isn't I two episodes in a row? I've sneezed. <laughs> it's allergy season. Sorry. Um, so she has this, you know she she wakes up every day and she lives in a neighborhood where there are gunshots, but then she gets driven to this school where she's for the most part surrounded by white people. And who have no understanding of that other life that she lives, mm-hmm. you know. And so then there's a development in the story where she's dating a white boy from her school and he gets perspective about her life, you okay. know. And so it's it's very good. I really liked it. I thought she handled it really well. It's a difficult subject
1: matter, yeah. you know. I think everyone should read it. I really I, think. I yeah. definitely will be, and that came out last year. Yeah, yeah. It's in the, been out for in, quite the some in the heat time. of a lot of the debates that have been going on, and right,
0: yeah, yeah. So the Hate You Give, I think it'd be a great one to read with your kids. You know, I read to my kids and with my kids a lot when mm-hmm. they were. Not so much when they got to be teenagers because they got they got annoyed if we didn't have time they wanted to just keep reading a book but yeah. definitely in their early teens and you know through their their birth to early teens yeah. we read books together a lot and I think it'd be great to either get multiple copies and read it as a family or you know just read it aloud together. Mm-hmm. So again, the hate you give by Angie Thomas and yeah we will be seeing her in April. I'm looking forward to that yeah so.
1: Great right, yeah, I have my library copy at home. Oh good. Along with my library copy of Need to Know, the thriller that Michael kindness told oh, us about. Yeah. And I think it's actually due like tomorrow or something. <laughs> oh no! if <laughs> I get to that one. All right, so Biblio Adventures.
0: Oh, I have a bunch. You haven't, did you? You have more just Yeah, read? I'm yeah sorry. no, yeah, I yeah. just, okay. I think I, I just read, read, a read lot. that
1: one. Yeah, okay. All
0: right. Well, I didn't Somebody's- read a lot,
1: I read oh, one more. All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I read The Light We Lost by Jill Santopolo. And oh this was, yeah,
1: you went to see her, right? Yeah, so okay. the, I was going to
0: say this was not on my radar, but uh-huh. um, then the Chloe Benjamin event, I didn't realize this author was going to be there too, and so uh-huh. our friend Emily had gotten the book out of the library, and so I read it. I sat down last weekend and just read it, and I really enjoyed it. It's a 9-11 story, mm-hmm. well, that's not, I should say, it starts on the day of 9-11, and I went through a period of time, 9-11 was very traumatic for me for many reasons, and I went through a period of time where I was like, I there is just no way I'm not reading books that have anything to do with 9/11. Yeah, I didn't know this one did, and it took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't the focus of of the book. So if 9/11 is a bit of a trigger for you, just so you know, it's it doesn't spend a lot of time there. But what happens is this: these two young people meet at, at around a college table on as the events of 9-11 are taking place and they're in a literature class and they're discussing literature and because they meet and they kind of have this little spark and then everything starts to happen with 9-11 they go somewhere together and I think that was a day where people really dropped their guard because we didn't know what was happening Mm -hmm. and it seemed like maybe the the world was coming to an end you know and so they just bonded in a way that they probably wouldn't if they went through some of the, the typical dating protocol, you know, Yeah. and they fell madly in love and were really um, tied together. But another thing that happened because of the whole 9-11 thing was they felt like they both talked about in their careers, how they wanted to do something that mattered. And so they end up parting ways because one of the the young man wants to become, he's a photographer and ends up. Being a war correspondent, essentially, and taking photographs and travels the world, and so the story is told from a perspective that I've never read in a book, which is she's it's 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 from the female's perspective, and mm-hmm. she's basically telling him the story of her life, okay, you know, yeah, and so she gets married and she has children, but all along the way, she's kind of talking to him mm-hmm. and the chapters are really short. And as a matter of fact, when the author was talking about it, which I'll talk more about in our next segment, she she referred to the chapters as actually vignettes, which isn't really something I would have thought of. But Mm -hmm. so it's really a page turner because like some of the chapters are one page, you know, so you just keep wanting to keep going and keep going. So she essentially the whole story is her talking to her Mm ex-boyfriend, you know, in these vignettes. But then they come back, you know, he comes back to the States and they have a, a visit or a chat or... Something else, you know, so, um but she was, she said, and it's really true that the story really deals with the question of fate or free will and destiny versus decision, you know, and, and how that impacts our life. It is a Reese Witherspoon book club pick, which mm-hmm. I didn't know that much about, but mm-hmm. that's um, made it hit the New York Times bestseller list. And the other thing that is really interesting in the book is that because these two met in a literature class and they're both... um literate people and books are very important books and poetry and things like that play a part of the book so at the end there's a sheet the author put the reading list oh that's you know, fabulous like reading list nice and there was an ee e. cummings poem that i'd never heard of called i like my body when it is with your body that i highly recommend you all go look up <laughs> i'll probably i'll put it in the show notes okay. for everybody too but that's um lit. So, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a very um, lovely book, and I think I read it in two sittings. Mm-hmm. So, The Light We Lost by Jill Santopolo. Oh. Well, we could just transition right
1: into yeah, our biblio adventures, adventures if you want to talk about the event. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it, it was at RJ's in Madison, and it was Jill Santopolo and then Chloe Benjamin, who's the author of The Immortalists, mm-hmm. which we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. And it was a really lovely event because. Um, you wouldn't know this from the event, but they had never met because oh. their mm-hmm. their um, repartee was really easy. And what they did was they both read a short piece from their book. And Chloe Benjamin, it was hilarious because her book is in four parts and it's each of the different siblings. And she decided to read from the end. You know, mm-hmm. she said, you know, it's I, I've been on book tour a long time, so I'm going to read from the end part. And she reads a spoiler about the oh. death of somebody. And then she looked up and she, you could just see her face. She was horrified. You know? She even tweeted about it later. Like, you know, the worst thing has happened on my book tour. I read a spoiler today at a book event. It was so funny That's awesome. um,
1: what a funny story but i guess yeah. if you're gonna get a spoiler to get it from the directly from the author it's a pretty good way to get it <laughs> right and i mean i think there's been enough written about the book
0: that you know it's like the kids all get their date of death blah 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 but it was so cute to see her face you know and um so anyway they both read a piece of their of their book and then they just asked each other questions mm, cool and it was really neat and one of the things they both taught both of them were on the new york times bestseller list So they talked about the process, which I didn't know. Maybe you knew this because of all of your, you know, you've worked in the book world. I guess the announcement of the list, it comes out on Wednesday, even though it's not published. published, yeah, Yeah, on Sunday or Saturday or whatever. And so she, Chloe Benjamin was saying how you know she's been on for several weeks now, and so she said she tries to not like not pay attention to the fact that it's Wednesday, mm-hmm. but her mom is always reminding her like, "Hey, it's Wednesday." <laughs> and then Jill told a story of um, she's an editor and she was at work and it was like five fifteen and she was she got a call from her editor and she thought, "Oh, that's weird. You know why would my editor be calling me?" and so she, she answered and she was, you know, surrounded by all these people she was working with. And she said, all of a sudden she said like, Oh my God. And her, her peer across from her just whipped out her phone and started videoing her. Cause she said, <laughs> I have no idea what's happening, but I just felt like you needed to have a video of whatever it was. You know? Aww, that's so sweet. Yeah. I thought that was really cute. So, um. So they both were kind of, you know, talking about how amazing it was to hit the New York Times bestseller list. But I'm looking at my notes to see. Oh, one person did ask Jill, and I thought this was a good question, if her book, if it was autobiographical. Because okay. you, it, it's such a, like, your heart's just sitting out in the open, the whole mm-hmm. book. And she said she didn't think feel like it was completely autobiographical, but it was definitely emotionally
1: autobiographical
0: because she had gone through a really terrible breakup mm-hmm. and the way for her to handle it was just to sit down every night and just kind of write kind of like this book is written you know like just your feelings and two. because mm-hmm. so, oh no I know what she said that you know what she missed the most is that when you're in a partnered relationship you go through the course of your day and you think like oh I have to tell so-and-so that I have to oh I have to remember I have to oh yeah. and then she said I got to the end of the day and person wasn't there to tell anymore yeah you know and that she felt like that was really hard so writing really helped her with that Mm -hmm. and that is kind of the feeling of this book because she's just talking to her ex about her life Yeah, you know so it was a good event it was it was um crowded and people um asked really good questions but the other interesting thing i don't know if it was because of the format of them both asking each other questions the whole time When it came to the audience Q&A, people didn't really have questions. They more had comments.
1: Interesting. Yeah.
0: And I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. because they felt like most of their questions were already answered by the two or, Mm -hmm.
1: you know, if it was just. So much to think of. Yeah. Yeah. About. Yeah. 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 I know sometimes I've been to author events where there's so much information all at once. And if you've already read the book, too, that adds another layer to your thoughts that are going on in your head and that sometimes there's. There's no space for questions right. because your, your brain is just thinking so much about what you've just been hearing. Yeah, that's oh. true. That's a good point. Oh. Yeah. Did yeah. they talk at all about their writing process?
0: Um, yeah. Chloe said that she does tons of research, okay. tons. And she said she's kind of obsessive about it. And so she really just gets lost in her research. And I think the book took her about five years to write. Okay. And then Jill, hers was more that she's been writing since she was three. Mm -hmm. And she said her mom was a teacher. So her first book that she ever wrote was even laminated by her mom because she was a teacher. (laughs) And it was something about cats or something, you know. Um, And that it really is her way of processing the world. Mm -hmm. And again, her book kind of reads that way. So, um, yeah, I don't, when Jill talked about her life... You know, she's an editor. She also, I think, does some adjunct teaching. Mm-hmm. She helps people with their theses projects. I mean, I'm like, how do you possibly have any time to write? Yeah. Oh, she also, I meant to mention this, she has two kids series. She has the Sparkle Spa series and the Alec Flint series. Mm-hmm. The Alec Flint series is a fourth grade sleuth series. And the Sparkle Spa is these kids that open their parents nail salon to kids or something after hours so, there's a bunch of them i want to say there's nine or ten of them so very cool. yeah cool. so i
1: think that's it well what did i do i my mom was in visiting she came in and we went to see it was also my birthday weekend and one of my b- birthday presents from laura was to go see the stage adaptation of murder on the orient express and that was up at the Hartford stage and it was amazing. It was so friggin' good. You know, I didn't know what to expect. Um, and I like to go into theater kind of like that, just trying to be open to whatever. Yeah. It was beautiful. The, the set was gorgeous and really innovative. The costumes were f- delightful and the actors were all fantastic. Even mm. the actor who was kind of like maybe a wink, a weak link in terms of, uh, consistency of their accent. Was still charming and delightful. Like, Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it and highly recommend people go see it if you're in the area. And I think they extended, well, I don't know how much time you'll have. They extended it to, through March 25th, I think. I'd really like to see it. It's really, it's a good show. Yeah. Yeah, It's really good. And somebody, one of, I read a review afterwards who said they wouldn't be surprised if a, would go on to Broadway, mm. which is exactly what Laura had said. Oh wow. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that's yeah. so cool. And I'm sorry I don't have any of the information with me. I, I um had the uh the pamphlet, but I, I didn't make it into my bag today just to say who adapted it and who the director and, and some of the actors were but wonderful show. It was full of really good humor. Mm. So it was it, it was more much more playful. Then the movie, the Kenneth Branagh movie, which I didn't really appreciate. I thought it took itself way too seriously right. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So this was just such a good breath of fresh air. Oh, how fun. So that kind of kicked things off. We spent the night up in Hartford and then went up to New Hampshire the next day. Because one of the things with my mom visiting is we take her to a different New England state each time. And so New Hampshire was, it was the last New England state she needed to visit, needed in quotation marks right <laughs> and and one of the last states that she hasn't visited in in the country so that was a lot of fun we went up to peterborough we were going to go up to new london or maybe even further north but with the weather like the nor'easter hit on wednesday yeah. and so thursday we went to see murder on the order express and then friday morning we went up and there was still snow happening up in new hampshire mm-hmm. some squalls but it was so beautiful up there mm. like new hampshire is just gorgeous it was like driving through a postcard wow. with just this little windy ro- windy roads and the fir trees on the side with snow on every branch it was wow. just a delight oh how fun yeah so that that was a lot of fun we um so yeah so we went up to peterborough and one of the things i wanted to check out was the library which is I'm going to do, one of the things I do on my blog is library visits, kind of like photo tours, and I'm getting back into doing that. I kind of didn't do much last year. So I did take a lot of pictures there at the Peterborough Library, and it's known for being the first tax-supported library Mm. in the country. However, there's a library in Connecticut that claims the same thing. (laughs) Um, so we okay. will look into that a little bit more research, yeah, um, and I did do a I did a guest blog post for book bloggers International, which is a kind of like a con- conglomerate site that some bloggers got together to showcase blogging and different oh, themes, cool. and they do a monthly read along now and things like that, so it was the library open sales salisbury connecticut way up in the northwest corner okay and it's it's a beautiful library and that one was just going to be going under some renovation when i was there like two years three years ago maybe and the peterborough library is also going to be going through a big renovation another edition i think is being put on they had a really cool display at their reference desk with a looped architectural 3D design that was showing what's going to be changing and everything like that oh, so that was cool. pretty cool. Now the whole area up there around Peterborough, I have this little pamphlet that I'm showing that. to Emily. It's um it's called Little Literary Monadnock and Monadnock is the mountain in the area. Okay. <clears throat> so this area encompasses Peterborough, Jaffrey, New Hampshire and Jaffrey is the town that Cather visited every year for many years of her life and wrote a lot of her novels there looking at Mount mm. Um So this pamphlet talks about the writers who've been in the area. Uh, Thornton Wilder, Elizabeth Yates, Louisa May Alcott, Cather, Mark Twain. And then there's also the McDowell Colony oh yeah yeah, so um and, and a lot of writers who have been through there e l doctoro, Jonathan France Louise Erdrich, Ruth Reichel, Michael Chabon, and Gregory Pardlow, hmm. he wrote Digest. I haven't heard of that one Mm-mm. so it's really it's a beautiful area it, it's gorgeous, um, I've been up there now in the spring, summer, and now winter, oh, and I go. they were having they had a lot more snow than we did up there, mm-hmm. and then it was still snowing.
0: Yeah, where where Jacob lives in northern Vermont, they got two feet of snow. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, how fun. That's so cool. Yeah, it
1: was a really, it was a wonderful trip. And Peterborough, I'd been up there before, um, because when I went to Jaffrey one time, I asked a friend, you know, where else should I go? And she directed me to Peterborough to see, uh, to visit Toadstool Books. Oh, yeah. So I went to Toadstool Books again and showed Mom and Laura because they have this really cool used section where they have all these model airplanes hanging from the ceiling like hundreds of them it seems like i I have no idea how many but um that was a lot of fun wow so you hit bookstores you
0: hit um libraries you know i'm i just love how you can go on and on about a library that's how i know (laughs) that we are such good friends (laughs) When we were driving up to Vermont, I was oohing and awing at every library I saw, and mm-hmm. Jim turned to me and said, "You have a little library fetish, don't you?" And yes. I said, "Yes, uh-huh. I, I could stop at each of these." Yeah,
1: we—I so. stopped and took pictures of at least maybe half a dozen mm. that weren't open, or we just, you know, were didn't want to stop and right. necessarily because I knew I'd be doing more time in the Peterborough Library. But they're gorgeous libraries because they're all a little bit older. Yeah. And they're very unique architecturally. So I I took some photos, and I'll do a little collage of of the different libraries. You know, grand stone libraries, and then this tiny little wooden shack of a library. You know, I love the diversity of libraries. Well, I think New England has the most beautiful libraries.
0: I hope I don't start any sort of (laughs) war by saying that out loud, but really, I do. And I think they do a fantastic job of... You know, like the Guilford Library of adding new to the old, mm-hmm. you know. I just think they're beautiful. Yeah. So I bring everyone to the Blackstone Library in Brantford mm-hmm. that comes to visit me. Yeah. Whether they want to go or not. Like, yeah. You are going to go look You're at this library. That. Yeah, and everybody's <laughs> always like, oh, wow. Yeah. Like, they're amazed yeah. at that place. So, exactly. And the
1: sister library to that is in Chicago, the Blackstone. I think I have mentioned oh, it right. before, yeah. the Blackstone in Hyde Park. Mm-hmm. was the first satellite of the chicago public library yeah libraries are fascinating indeed they're so i think like you know people always talk about libraries being a central tool in support of democracy Mm -hmm. you know and they just fill me with such hope when i'm in a library yes yeah upcoming adventures uh well this isn't exactly an adventure destination um but on Monday the 26th, there's going to be a live stream of a lecture from the University of Nebraska on Cather, on Willa oh. Cather. Andrew Jewell is his official name. He's he's in charge of the Willa Cather Archives at the University of Nebraska Lincoln, and he's one of the editors of the collected or selected letters of Willa Cather. He'll be giving a lecture on Willa Cather's modern relevance, and this is an annual lecture that happens at the University of Nebraska, and the title is Our Cather Heritage. So that's going to be March 26th. It's a live lecture there, but they're going to be streaming it live. So we'll put a link in the show notes, and then that day we can also post something on Facebook if you're interested in hearing about that.
0: And sometimes when they stream something like that, there also will be a recording of it that you can watch later. I don't know if that'll be the case here, but... Well, I have several things coming up. On March 20th, and I'm inviting you to go to this, but I know Tuesdays you're in New Haven at the Institute Library, but um, there's something called the Point Street Reading Series. It takes place on the third Tuesday of every month in Providence, Rhode Island, at Alchemy, which is a music venue. Hmm. And it's this woman, Robin Call, who started something called Reading with Robin, and she has something that she calls Rob Casts, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> and her podcast is where she interviews one author. And she they're pretty heavy hitters. Like um, Jennifer Egan was just there talking about Manhattan Beach. And so she started this reading series where she brings a group of authors together mm-hmm. to talk about books and writing and their work. And the list for this every month, it's amazing. So I'll just read them really quickly. The book is Laura and Emma by Kate Greathead, Start Without Me by Joshua Max Feldman, Girls Burn Brighter by Shoba Rao, Only Child by Rhiannon Navin, and The Cloister by James Carroll. Wow. These are all books I've kind of seen, Mm -hmm. you know, at bookstores. So I'm not really sure of the format of it, um, you know, but I will report back. Um, And it's, did I say it's in Providence? Yes. Okay. Providence, Rhode Island.
1: March 20th. March
0: 20th, this coming Tuesday. So, I'd cool. love for you to join me, but I know that might be a stretch. Yeah, what time is seven. it? Seven. Seven,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. you know what? I missed this last Tuesday at the Institute Library because of the storm. Yeah. They closed. Um, so, I probably won't be able yeah. to go because I'm one of the, I want to keep going on my cataloging project there that I'm working on. Yeah. So. Yeah, I understand. <sighs>
0: <sighs> no, I'm
1: just kidding. <laughs> and then I'm heading um, a
0: week from Saturday to California. Yay! I'm on my way, Ryan and Russell. <laughs> And March 26th, maybe they'll even join me for this, at Bookshop Santa Cruz at 7 o'clock, Luis Alberto Uria is going to be there with his new book, The House of Broken Angels. He's a past Booktopia author. I saw him up in Petoskey. Mm -hmm. And then March 28th at Bookshop Santa Cruz, um, a local Santa Cruz author, Leslie Karst, and she has a book called Death Alfresco, oh, which is, I read just a okay. short, um, you know, summary of it. It's like a woman's painting an alfresco picture, and then she finds a corpse in the kelp or something. Oh, okay. you so like a cozy? Yeah, cozy. Awesome. So I'm, I'd like to go, but, you know, I'm also, I realize I'm on vacation with other people. And yeah. you know, I don't want to go to two book events, but <laughs> I want to. <laughs> um, so those are my three upcomings. Very cool. And then I'm hoping to find, you know, some other random bookstore somewhere in California. Yeah. So, well, yeah. And,
1: and libraries. In yeah. <laughs> libraries. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and then we had another one coming up April 4th, too. The Stranger in the Woods. Oh, right. Uh,
0: with yeah. Michael
1: Finkel. Yes. Up in Massachusetts. That's. Yeah.
0: And I. I oh, that's right. I've got to get that book on my radar. Yeah, and we're gonna get to see Anne Kingman there, which mm-hmm. is gonna be so nice. And that's gonna be at um Jeff Kinney's bookstore. Yes. Which the name is escaping me right now yeah. up in Massachusetts. It's escaping me as well. But we'll but yeah. we'll talk about it in the next episode too, because we have yeah. another one before we go. Yeah, and
1: I do so. want to try and maybe listen to that one on audio. I've been Ooh. thinking about I have a couple audible credits sitting there. That's a good idea. So I, I might do that. Yeah. I wonder who yeah. narrates. That's a great It's a movie. guy with a real gruff voice. I listened to the preview. Okay. okay. And I thought, okay, I could take that voice for yeah. a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So in Stranger in the Woods, that's the case of the man who lived in the woods by himself for like 30 years or something like that. Yeah. Up in Maine and survived all those years. So it'll be interesting. Right. But then I'm pretty sure he's in jail now. And I'm not sure why. Well, he was stealing a lot from the local people. That's one of the things was that local law enforcement couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. There were all these break-ins to cabins and things missing, and they could never figure out what it was. So the man who was living in this fashion supplemented (laughs) his survival with other people's property Uh, and possessions. So that could be one reason he's in prison. Yeah,
0: it'll be fascinating to meet the author because I want to know why he became intrigued by this story. Yeah, you know.
1: absolutely. And
0: the name of Jeff Kinney's bookstore is an unlikely story bookstore okay. and cafe. So
1: yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I remember yeah. reading about it when it was first opening. Yep. And...
0: Yeah, yeah, it's supposed to be great. The cafe is supposed to be really good. Yeah. so I'm looking forward to that
1: too. Upcoming reads. Well, I will be reading the the dog novel. Dog Healer. Dog Healer mm-hmm. by Mark... Winnick. Winnick. That will be my next read after I finish The Broken Girls. What about you?
0: Well, I've loaded my Kindle for my trip. <laughs> but first, I have... You guys, you have to hear the name of this new book. And Cheryl Strayed just posted about it, which is how I heard about it. And okay. I have it waiting for me at Bookshop Santa Cruz. <laughs> Eats of Eden. <laughs> By Tabitha Blankenbiller. I believe it's a it's a group of essays. Okay. I'm pretty sure. But, Thanks oh, my God, me. that title. Since East of Eden by John Steinbeck's one of my favorite books of all time, even though it didn't make my top ten when Chris forced me to do
1: a top ten. I know. That was, but, like, a I, I think about that all the time. I was thinking, like, maybe we should do a top ten favorite authors. Oh, for the love of tarnation. <laughs> <laughs> if I must. You know, because. Conroy, none yes. of his books made it out right. on my list, and he's like right. one of my favorite writers of all times. Yeah. So Maybe we
0: could do this like once a month,
1: though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then I don't this, have to overcommit. This it. month, my top ten. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah,
0: no, I think it'd be, <laughs> I would. I would venture to look at my top ten favorite authors. Mm-hmm. They're, it's like now my mind's going crazy. <laughs> okay, so the things that I put on my Kindle are "The Wedding Date" by Jasmine Guillory which was recommended by Roxane Gay. Mm. That's why I got it. Goodbye Vitamin, a novel by Rachel Kong, which a lot of people have been talking about. And then I put two non-fictions, both by Chris Gillibo, who's someone that um, Gretchen Rubin talks a lot about, and he has a podcast, and the name of it is Escaping Me, but I will put it in the show notes. And these two books are called The $100 Startup, Reinvent the Way You Make a Living, Do What You Love, and Create a New Future, and the other is The Art of Nonconformity, Set Your Own rules. Live the Life You Want, and Change the World. Sounds good. So I'm planning to come back from Santa Cruz a whole new person. Be ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm also, you know, like I've looked at Jim and I've said, just so you know, I sit down on the plane and I start reading and I don't talk. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
1: <laughs> what does he Did he say what he does on the plane?
0: Well, you know, he used to build jet planes and he's worked with planes a lot so mm-hmm. he's a bit of a nervous traveler because he knows everything that's happening <laughs> yeah. you know and so I don't know okay. I mean I think he might be slightly nervous traveler we'll find out okay. but he's also an avid reader right you know yeah. so um speaking of which he sat here last week and read a hundred pages of a book and then when he was leaving he said can you return that to the library?" I'm not going to finish it. And I was like, oh, what? I couldn't believe it. Because you know me with not finishing books. Yeah. Like, but you've read 100 pages. And he said, yeah, I, I, I know what the story's about. I'm not going to read yeah. the rest. I was so impressed and horrified <laughs> all at the same time. Do you remember what the book was or do you not want to say? It's this Dennis Lehane. I still oh, haven't okay. taken it to the library because I don't believe him.
1: Okay. <laughs> Live my night. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
0: He said it was really good. It's just yeah. that he's got a lot to read and, yeah. you know. He felt like he knew where the story was
1: going. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think like the you know the older I get, the more it really does take something to hold my attention with a book. Yeah, you know, it could when you do know these all these other books you want to be reading. So yeah. I feel like I've been on a good stretch lately with books being really exciting and yeah, sucking me in and everything. So, yeah. yeah,
0: and kind of just going with what's arriving, which I think yeah. is cool. Like when you yeah. get fun book mail to not put it away. And, right. You know, I was listening to the, and I think the most recent episode of the Reader's Podcast, and they were talking about their the number of books on their shelves that are TBRs. Mm-hmm, you know, they mm-hmm. just bought them and they haven't read them. And yeah. So I think it is cool to also just, as you're getting books, if it's intriguing to you, mm-hmm. read it instead of putting it on your shelf and
1: saying, oh, I'll read this later. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Because I, I think, and Laura and I were actually just talking about this, that like, Reading books that just come to me that I didn't know about or wouldn't have picked up—it's really expanded my reading horizons, Mm. and and just or knowing bloggers that I've been following and they mention a book or podcasters whatever and then it's like wow I didn't even hear about that let me pick it up and it's it's just a really exciting way like so if you're if listeners if you're in a reading rut just ask somebody for a recommendation like go to the library and ask the librarian maybe somebody who doesn't know you um and say you know what do you recommend what did you read recently that you really loved and just give that book a try even if it's not like in your wheelhouse yeah
0: yeah the other thing at the guilford library that i love is they have a table that has um a, a sign and it'll say if you enjoyed this book And then they have a stack of Mm -hmm. books that are, you know, similar in some fashion, and they have a bunch of them, and then they also have kind of staff picks from the different librarians at the Mm -hmm. library, and it is a good way. I mean, we also just have huge new fiction area at the library, and then the seven-day reads, of course, and Mm so I'll always peruse that every time I go, even
1: if I'm just dropping something off. Yeah. So, yeah. It's exciting. Now, you mentioned the Kindle. And uh, there's a new Kindle coming out that's waterproof that also has Audible on it. Oh wow! So I, it looks like it might be a wireless connection to headphones. Oh, I was going to um, say
0: because you don't want to walk around with your Kindle to listen. I don't really get it.
1: Well, I guess if you're <laughs> sitting at the beach, you can oh, have. The, I, see. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure. I. I. It's coming out soon. I think this month sometime.
0: Oh. So. Or maybe it just has a great speaker too, and you can just play it. Interesting. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I didn't
1: read this. To, you know mm-hmm. any of the details yeah. about it, but I know I had. Um, we have a Kobo that's waterproof. Oh, That's cool. nice for the beach. So
0: it's also nice for the bathtub because I can't tell you how many
1: books I've dropped in the bathtub. Yeah, <laughs> I almost dropped my phone in the toilet
0: the other day. <laughs> oh, God. I was like, Ah! Oh! <laughs> <Help.
1: laughs> TMI. Yes.
0: Anyway, <laughs> hey, before we sign off. I'd like to talk about our necklaces because this morning I put on my favorite necklace, which is one that Chris gave me that's, it's actually a Scrabble tile an our Scrabble tile, but then the front has been made into this beautiful design that says "Read." Yeah. And the whole time we've been recording, I've been admiring Chris's necklace, which I've never seen.
1: This is a new present. This is, Laura got me this for my birthday. It is... One of the lion's heads from the New York Times, or the New York Public Library. I love it. Patience and Fortitude. Um, And on the back, it has a quote from Anna Quinlan. So it says, New York Public Library, and then it says a quote from her. Books are the plane and the train and the road. They are the destination and the journey. They are home. I have that quote written down. Do you?
0: I love that. It's from her... um it's from a book she wrote about um, reading. that I, it's, it's a little book that I love. Nice. Yeah, 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 I remember
1: you talked about that. Yeah.
0: yeah. We'll take a picture of these. Oh, yeah,
1: that'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be a cool thing to do.
0: Yes. Literary le- necklaces. Literary, yeah. Or literary bling. Maybe that's what we should call it. <laughs>
1: Well, All right, another episode comes to an end. Yes, We would like to thank people, though, who are donating on our Patreon page. Oh, we yes. really appreciate your kindness with that. We're hoping it's going to help us be able to get equipment to have more in-store conversations with authors. Yeah. should be a lot of
0: fun. And some people have asked to just donate directly to us, and if you're interested in doing that, just email us at bookcougars at com, and we'll let you know how. Cool. All right, everybody.
1: Happy, Happy reading. Meeting. Thanks for listening to The Book Cougars with Chris Wallach and Emily Fine. To keep the bookish conversation going online, join our Goodreads group or connect with us on social media. If you'd like to contribute to our hunt for a good read, you can donate on Patreon. And if you have a minute to review us on whatever app you use to listen to us, we appreciate it. It can help other listeners find us. Thanks, everybody. Right!